Hi there, this is James Eek, and you are listening to the Warrior's Way podcast. This is episode 83. For those of you who have checked out the Warrior's Way podcast Patreon page, thumbs up and thank you so much. For those of you who have supported what I'm trying to do with this podcast by subscribing, I have to say that I am very humbled and in your debt. Thank you very much. And if you haven't yet, please press pause <laughs> and go check out our Patreon page. Um, if you haven't heard about it already, I've been working hard on a variety of, in my opinion, very cool videos on everything from awesome martial arts techniques to meditation instructions and a whole lot of other stuff. The idea is to expand on what we are doing here on Warrior's Way podcast with our Patreon page and letting you the listener, <laughs> join me and to help keep this thing going. Uh, so give it a look. Subscribe. Make my day. Make sure Warrior's Way podcast is around and helping people become the best that they can be through training. So check it out. If you haven't yet, you were supposed to press pause. Press pause now. Warrior's Way podcast. Check out the Patreon page. You'll be glad you did. Two things I've learned over the years in jiu-jitsu. First, belts do absolutely nothing to enhance the one thing we should be interested in as we study jiu-jitsu, our performance level. We should always be striving to improve our own performance and the performance of those around us, and ultimately, the performance of the art itself. Second, despite this, people probably put more obsession and concern into their belt color than they do anything else in the sport. In truth, there is only one belt that counts, and that's the black belt. Understand that if you study for a lifetime, you will spend the vast majority of your training years as a black belt, and you're going to look back and wonder why you were ever concerned with worry over how long it took to go from blue to purple. Once you become an adult, no one cares what grade you scored in junior high school. Though when you were back in junior high school, they probably seemed to, it seemed like a big deal to you. As an adult, people only care about your achievements as an adult. So too with belts. Black belt denotes your passage into training adulthood and nothing more. It's a symbol that you can now enter into a more serious phase of learning where you know enough to formulate your own developing approach to the game and begin to teach others. If you still have a lifetime of learning and development ahead of you, think about it. How long it takes to make each advance in belt will be determined by several factors. Age is one of them. I don't believe in giving black belts to children as many martial arts do. I'm glad that jiu-jitsu has separate belts for children. I don't use the same performance criteria for older athletes as I do for young, healthy athletes. And that would be unfair. Background is another factor. If an athlete is already very experienced and skilled from years of training in a related grappling art and makes very fast performance improvements, he or she is far more likely to get promoted quickly. 
Well-rounded technical proficiency and an ability to perform that under the stress of sparring is the number one indicator I look for. If someone is winning with just one or two moves and has gaping holes in the rest of their game, that's a problem. If they are winning mostly due to their physical attributes, that's a problem. Their ability to enhance the performance of the training room with their presence through a team player, harmonious attitude is another factor. I'm a traditionalist who believes merit, as roughly outlined here, is the only criteria for a belt. I don't, don't give belts for time served. You don't just show up and get a belt. That is the antithesis of everything I stand for. When you get that belt, you should know in your heart you earned it. Belts given out because you showed up to a certain number of lessons are like inflated currency, worthless in the market. But belts given because you can perform skills that few others can at your age, size, and time of training are like gold. They will hold value wherever you go. In a world of hustlers, con men, marketers, and salesmen, your belt should be something you tie up with pride and a sense of genuine accomplishment. At the end of the day, don't give a damn about what color your belt is. Worry about what you can do on the mats. The people we all admire the most are those whose performance level exceeds the expectations of their belt, of their age, and time of training. Make that your goal, rather than the superficial concern over whether it took you 24 months rather than 28 months to get a new belt color. Train hard. Train intelligently. Help others do the same and improve a little every day. The one thing that counts, your performance level, will increase over time. As your peers and teachers observe your success, you will win them over and change their opinion of you. That is something praiseworthy and a source of healthy pride. Focus on the deeper aspect of jujitsu, and every day make yourself better than you were the day before. Do that consistently, and the superficial aspect of jujitsu, the belt color, will take care of themselves. So that is from an awesome interview with John Danaher from the website BJJ Eastern Europe. The article is called Why You Shouldn't Care About Your BJJ Belt Progression. Honestly, it is as applicable to jiu-jitsu these days as it is to any martial art. Don't worry about that color. Train in the martial arts long enough and you will see things cycle back or maybe recycle. I can't tell you how many times I've seen a cool martial art that gets almost destroyed by the love of it by misguided people. It's in every city. In today's jiu-jitsu, we have so much happening. We have 
a whole bunch of McDojos handing out stripes and belts based on how many classes you attend instead of actually being able to understand and apply what you've learned over months or maybe years. We have the street sound martial art obscured by the flying armbar loving youngsters in the growing sport aspect of jiu-jitsu. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I like to think that people do things because of what they think are all the right reasons. Just that these reasons are sometimes a little bit misguided. Sometimes a lot. Jiu-jitsu is a tough martial art. Jiu-jitsu never lies to you. You have a bad day and well, you're working on your bad day jiu-jitsu. You have a good day, and well, you're working on other things. The art is honest in a way that a lot of people can't handle. Can't handle. You can tell yourself you're awesome, but when someone smaller, newer, or whatever else crushes you, holds you down, shuts you down, or taps you out, well... Like I said, jiu-jitsu is honest. You can be 20 years old and some old man schools you. Jiu-jitsu is honest. You can tell yourself whatever you want. You can believe you are just perfect. But jiu-jitsu will show you the truth in that. Imagine training at a school where you're given a stripe or a belt just for showing up. You do so many classes... Here you go. Imagine being that student and visiting a school when you're on a business trip or on a holiday that promotes only based on merit. Where a student who has been training a year or two may still be a white belt. Imagine that McDojo student being schooled by someone he sees as his or her inferior. And I'm talking to you instructors out there. I don't know about you, but I don't think I would want to be part of something like that. I don't think that your legacy should be that. I don't think I would want to be, want my students to ever think that they just got something. Well, congratulations, you showed up. (laughs) Here's a stripe. It is really, honestly, the most ridiculous thing that I can think of. If you think about it. It's like teaching a weekend women's self-defense course and making these ladies believe that after a few hours of if A happens, do B, that they will now be safe or safer in their lives and the street or whatever comes their way that brought them into wanting to learn self-defense. It's pure delusion. And if you are part of a school that is giving out rank, just because you show up to however many classes, find a new place to train. Just as delusional as weekend training or attendance-driven belts is the thought that the belt around your waist is actually who you are. 
that being four stripes is somehow better than no stripes. (laughs) Or that your purple belt is so much more important than that blue one. End of the day, what matters is that you train, that you love the art, that you love your school, that you love your partners, and that you support your teacher. Belts don't matter. The thing is that jujitsu is so hard that it takes upwards or more than a decade to get a black belt. For a lot of people, that's simply an investment of time and in letting go of the ego that they are not willing to do. So instead, they lie about their rank, or they shoot down lineage, or they shoot down everything. Or they tell you you should train here and not there. Or put you in a box. They shoot down anything they feel threatened by. It's a syndrome of the small mind and the small person. And this is not jujitsu. There are so many martial arts that were heard by their own popularity. And jiu-jitsu is no different. I'm sure in your town, there are schools that fit the McDojo idea pretty clearly. There will be schools that tell you that you should train with them because they will help you get that job you want or endless other loads of BS. You should train at a school because it's a good school. (laughs) Not because of what they are going to give you. It's more what you're going to bring, to be honest with you. And I've been teaching for 30 years. It's what each person brings in. It's more about the people than about the teacher. There will be schools that will tell you that they will give you a black belt sooner than their competition. Or that they're somehow better because of A, B, or C. There will be schools that have instructors who have lied about their credentials or simply made them up. So what's a student to do? Well, honestly, in this day and age, do your research before you commit to any school to start off with. If your teacher's a fraud, there's probably proof out there that's pretty easy to grab. Ask the school how students get promoted. Be upfront. Just ask. If it has anything to do with the number of classes attended, run the other way. Think about it. And it doesn't matter if it's jujitsu, by the way. I'm talking about every system, every school, every style, every teacher. We need to have quality over quantity. Ask if the schools have gradings that students have to pay for. That's sometimes a good sign. And if they do, be careful that promotion isn't a money grab. Believe me. When I was younger, I fell into that trap. Find a school that is humble, that is honest, and full of great people with smiles on their faces. Look past the surface. Maybe it's not the prettiest school in town, but maybe there's something special about it. Future generations in jiu-jitsu will pay for the decisions you make today. It's the truth. Think about it. All that glitters is not gold. Do your homework. Choose wisely. And just get after it.
So there you go. Something to think about from <laughs> yours truly. Honestly, you trained in the martial arts for as long as I have, which is pushing 40 years. And you see a whole lot of things. And you see weird cycles of things too. Things that just seem to, oh, it's happening again. This is what's happening. And maybe it's just a natural evolution. What we need to do, whether it's jujitsu or, you know, Shotokan karate or whatever. We have to make sure that it is as awesome today as it was before. As awesome today as it will be in the future. And when I say that the decisions we make today are what people are going to have to pay with, deal with in the future, I'm not joking. If that school down the street is just after the student's money and is going to give them, you know, a belt just because they showed up for, you know, however many classes. What does that mean if that guy or that girl eventually starts teaching? What are they going to do? You know, the same thing when we obsess over the flashy, when we obsess over, you know, the flying this or the flying that, which don't get me wrong. It's a lot of fun. I love that stuff too. You know, when I was younger, I used to do some pretty athletic and crazy things too. But we have to understand that the art has to um, work for out there, not on the mats, out there on the street. That's what it was intended for. So always keep that in mind. Have fun and do crazy things and, you know, make up new moves that are flashy and cool. But understand that might not be for the street. And make sure that everybody knows it. And the same thing with belts. Make sure you are in a culture of humility. And exemplifying that. That the thing around the waist, it just holds the gi together. And that's it. Don't worry about it too much. Anyhow, let's go on to the question of the week. This is from Marcus. And it says, For streetwise self-defense, am I better off with Krav Maga or Jiu Jitsu? Oh, good Lord. Good question. Um, well, you definitely need jujitsu for the ground, but there are a lot of different things that are good for the ground. I have been, I've trained in a lot of ground systems and I've yet to find something that is as well-rounded as jujitsu for the ground, for the grappling aspect of combat. But... And here's the big caveat here. It isn't enough. You need to also be competent in a striking system and dealing with someone striking at you. But, caveat again, that isn't enough. You need a weapon system 
that shows you the way a weapon changes everything in combat. If you're talking about defending yourself on the street for real life, you need to have a whole lot covered off. And that's going to take time, commitment, effort, and honesty. No one martial art has a monopoly on the truth. No one teacher has a monopoly on the truth. Understand that. What you have to do is have a thorough look at things with honesty and don't simply believe the hype. Just because I'm telling you that jujitsu is a thing that you should do, don't believe me either. You have to look for the truth. You have to see what you have and what works great. But you also have to be able to see what needs work, what isn't covered off, what needs more. And then you have to go find it. So there you go. Train as much as you can in as much as you're able and become a lifelong martial artist and student. You're going to be glad in the end that you did. Train with as many teachers as you can to see different aspects. Don't be put in a box that you have to just train with this one person. Hopefully you're in a school that brings in different guest teachers, you know, and you can see what their perspectives are on things. And it's not that maybe this teacher is right and that teacher is wrong. It's just that they see things differently. Right? Just like, you know, you're going to go to a Mexican restaurant tonight and maybe tomorrow you're going to go to Italian. It's not that Mexican food's better than Italian food. Well, depends <laughs> depends on the restaurant, really, right? Maybe that Italian restaurant doesn't make good food. The other restaurant that's Italian down the street, maybe that one makes really good Italian food. You understand what I'm getting at? So be open and try things. But make sure, as a martial artist especially, if that's what you really want to be, that you have everything covered off. And when it comes to self-defense, that is streetwise, you really do need to understand that that's going to take time. It's going to take seeing things as it is, seeing what is useful and what is maybe fun and good to do on the mats, but doesn't translate well for the street. For instance, in jiu-jitsu, we go into a turtle position all the time. Right? We're not all the time, but often when you're rolling, that's when you're kind of hunkered down on, on your knees and your elbows, just like a turtle. I don't think that that would be a very good idea to do out there on the street. Someone is going to lay the boots to you. So you see, when you're rolling, you should be thinking about that. When you are doing your whatever martial art, you should wonder... Maybe it doesn't have any weapons involved in it. What happens if somebody comes at you with a big two-by-four? What happens if they come at you with a baseball bat? What happens if they come at you, God forbid, with a blade? So you need to understand a whole lot of things as a martial artist. But you know what? We all have time constraints. And if you're time-leveraged and, you know, all you can do is, you know, study jiu-jitsu then just study jiu-jitsu but don't believe for a second that you are a kickboxer if you're a jiu-jitsu guy and god forbid you know somebody wants to 
get into a kickboxing fight with you on some street corner, you better make sure that you can pull guard pretty quick. (laughs) That, by the way, is not advice. The advice is to try lots of different things and be open-minded, but also have a discriminating mind in what it is that you are filling yourself up with. I hope that answers the question. I know you're asking what's better, this one or that. And honestly, I think all things are great. You learn from everything, you know, and I think the food analogy is a really good one. Music is another, you know, and sure, I've met people that like one certain kind of music, but most people like music from a whole lot of different kinds of places and different kinds of people. I doubt that on your playlist is just one person singing It is a whole bunch. So there you go. Be open-minded. Like I said, you'll be glad you did in the end. So I think we'll end it there. Uh, If you are really digging this podcast and you haven't yet, do me a big favor. Go over to Apple Podcasts and give it a five-star review. Just say a few words. This thing's awesome. This guy's great. His voice is like music, (laughs) and give it five stars. And then tell all your friends and your friends' friends and all their friends about it. Because the more people we can get listening, the better things will be for all of us. Because this thing is about us becoming better as martial artists, actually thinking and trying to help each other out and being good people and all that kind of stuff. Uh, The other thing you can do to help me out is go over to that Patreon page. Just go to patreon.com and search for Warrior's Way Podcast and check out what I have there. I have a whole bunch of videos. Um, It's basically a subscription service. Uh, It's a way to have kind of a digital me following you around, showing you cool martial arts stuff. Uh, It's not that expensive and it will help make sure that this thing keeps going trucking on into the future um the next thing is if you wanted to you can always follow me on instagram you can search me out and find me at eek academy and you'll see my face there and all the things that i do and if you like all these things that i talk about uh, head over to amazon and look for james eek And you will find a couple of martial arts books that I wrote. One is named after, this podcast is named after, Warrior's Way, A Guide to Lifelong Learning in the Martial Arts. And the other is called A Wolf in the Woods. And it is about, well, just like it sounds, what happens when you run into a wolf in the woods and how that kind of changes your view on martial arts and what that meant to me. Uh, Because it meant a lot. And, oh, and then, of course, the other thing is you can look for both Warrior's Way podcast and the Eek Academy of Martial Arts. That's my school, by the way, in beautiful Victoria, British Columbia. Um, You can find us on Facebook. So look for us there. And without any more, thank you so much for listening. Hit the mats tonight. Train hard. Have a great time. Be an awesome friend. And I mean that. Good friends, those are important. Equally important, though, is let's make this world a better place. So think about what you can do and do it. Thanks a lot.